0: Feral Audio This podcast is called Obsessed Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest Get some secrets off their chest You should listen, it's the best
1: Hello and welcome to Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw on Feral Audio I am your host, I am still Joseph Scrimshaw We have a great episode for you today It is all about self-loathing And it is very fun. It is a lot of fun self-loathing, which is something our guest Ken Knapsok knows all about. I myself had many opportunities this week to be loathful of myself. I had a very stressful week. My beloved iPhone 5 passed. And uh, the way that my phone died was terrifying. Uh, The battery decided to expand. And the way that I knew this was happening was... I was just sitting at my desk and the phone was sitting next to me and the display, the glass on the front of the phone began to creak and rise up and bursting forth from the inside of the phone was a ghostly light and I thought a phone ghost was going to murder me right there. Uh, but I knew I needed to get it fixed, uh, so I had to go to 28 different Apple stores 157 separate times That is exactly what it felt like And I had to go to the Genius Bar I've never been to the Genius Bar And a visit to the Genius Bar To me kind of felt like just being Punched in the taint By the 21st century there was so much that I had not dealt with that I didn't want to deal with. I had to download a new version of iTunes, even though I was not a fan of it. I had to back up my phone in the right way and jump through all these hoops. Uh, and I had to deal with that. I just had to do things the way Apple wanted me to, or I was screwed. So after several days of sort of uh, panic and shame that I had not handled technology the way I should, I finally got my replacement phone, and when I got it, I asked the genius at the bar if they were going to help me set it up, and the genius at the bar didn't say no. He didn't say maybe. He didn't say yes. He just said, our journey together has ended. Like, in his mind, he was LARPing Lord of the Rings. Uh, our journey together has ended, and getting my phone fixed certainly did feel like Lord of the Rings, like it was just much, much longer than it ever needed to be, and it just wouldn't fucking end. And it was probably, at least partially, my fault. Anyway, uh, that's my advertisement for Apple Genius Bar. Uh, they're sponsoring the podcast now, uh, so their new phrase is Apple Genius Bar, it just won't fucking end. So, uh, check it out. Here are a few other ads. Shows. I do shows. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to hear me say comedy things in person, here are places where you can make that happen. I'll be doing a bunch of shows, panels, and a live recording of this podcast at the Geek Convention Convergence. The subject of the podcast will be Game of Thrones, and uh, Convergence happens in Minneapolis over the 4th of July weekend. Then I'll be at San Diego Comic Con as part of the Banff Festival. I'll be doing some stand-up comedy and another live podcast recording of Obsessed. Then on Saturday, Saturday, July 25th, I'll be back in Los Angeles for the next installment of my weird little variety show called Comedy Dreamtime, and my guest will be the comedian Ron Lynch, who you might know from things like home movies and Adventure Time. You can get details on all these shows on my website at josephscrimshaw.com slash live dash shows, and if you would rather not see me in person and would prefer to just read jokes about Star Wars and cheese, you can follow me on Twitter. My clever, obscure username is at josephscrimshaw. Our theme song is by the awesome Molly Lewis. Thanks as always to Molly for our theme song. And now, with no further ado, please sit back, stop beating yourself up, and thrill to Ken Knapsok's obsession with self-loathing. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with an awesome human being, Ken Napsock. That's... That's straight into to the point. Yeah. I try don't to get...
0: believe it's true.
1: but <laughs> You don't think you're an awesome human being? I don't.
0: I haven't been convinced of it yet, but you're making me think.
1: <laughs> well, I got about an hour with you on this podcast. Yeah. I think I can convince you. That's the goal. <laughs> That's my challenge yeah. for the hour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you tell the people listening a little bit about who you are and all the cool crap you do?
0: Man, I do a lot of crap and some of it is cool, man. <laughs> it is. Uh, I am the producer of the Schmoes no Movie Show on schmoesno.com and I have my own uh, podcast feed, the sock files and uh i do like an interview show which you've been a, a great guest on yeah. and then uh, a star wars show called spotlight star wars a game of thrones show a show called i'm always up where i have this young protege friend of mine in iowa who's 18 and he calls me for life advice and i coach him how not to be me <laughs> um and uh, a bunch of other things and then uh, uh i used to be a stand-up comic and a sketch comic and and uh, a supposed writer, I don't know, but, uh, yeah. So well, just, by
1: doing stand-up, you are automatically a writer, because you write your own jokes.
0: That's true. I didn't, th- I didn't think about it.
1: Yeah. I'm an a- tour of comedy. <laughs> an auteur of comedy. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Awesome and, human being an uh, auteur of yeah. comedy.
0: And I did pro wrestling for a while, too, which is one of my weird wrinkles. Now, did you promote, or did you actually wrestle? Promote, booked, which has helped plan the outcomes, matches, and storylines, and, um... Managed. I had a character called Tex Tunney, and I managed and uh, <laughs> I did have some in-ring action. I actually was in one. Official match in which I was defeated And it was listed in Pro Wrestling Illustrated So I have one match on the books In the world of pro wrestling
1: Wow, was it is your manager character?
0: Yeah, yeah, he got hoodwinked uh, Thought he was outsmarting his foe uh, Lethal Logan X <laughs> And he, Logan X defeated two of my men In one night in dramatic fashion uh, uh, Yeah, to, to earn the right to face me and it was, a, I was not happy about it. And, uh, but I took the quick advantage with a quick, uh, 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 trash can shot to the head. <laughs> and I whipped him. And then the tide turned and it did not go well for me. Right. I ended that night up going through a table.
1: What did he hit you with to send you through the table? Uh Himself. <laughs> uh, at 30 feet, 30, 20 feet in the air. His whole body and <laughs> all of his feelings hit you and you yep. went through a table. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, on Schmoes No, you are known as the pit boss. Is that right? That is very true.
0: It's kind of this weird character that came out of me needing to wear suits to the show because of my, other, my
1: day job. Okay. So, yeah. you only showed up because... Yeah. The, You're coming from work. When the show
0: started, it was on my days off, and I'd show up in like movie t shirts and Star Wars t shirts <laughs> and stuff. And I used to, I was, I'd do the movie news on the show, and it was going good. It was funny, and I was finding my voice. But one day I showed up in a suit because I, I had to work that day. Yeah. And I just nailed the news. It was out. It was funny. And then Christian Harloff, uh, one of the creators of Schmelz now, turns to me and he's like, You got to wear the suit every time. <laughs> and that's where it came from. Okay. Eventually, Long story short, day switched, job duty switched,
1: and so I, yeah, had, but I now, had to wear it. the suit, yeah. Because yeah. uh, we met doing your, your uh, podcast and live YouTube show, Jedi uh-huh. Alliance.
0: Yeah, oh, which I forgot to mention, I do that, which seems like it makes it seem like I'm important. But yeah, Jedi Alliance, and we had met over at Kamikaze, and and you're just uh, such a, a great, funny, and genuine guy, and a Star Wars nerd, mm-hmm. and you you kill it every time you're on that show. Oh,
1: it's a, it's a ton of fun, but it was yeah. really fun uh, when I the first couple of times I was on Jedi Alliance, I heard from mm-hmm. a couple of people saying, you know, the Pit Boss, and I was kind of like, <laughs> I don't watch most, so I was just not like. What are you talking talking about? about? What are you talking about? Like sometimes you have to look at the tweets to see what they're responding to. He's like, which of my tweet jokes earned the response. You know, the pit boss. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, It makes
0: me feel, see, you're already making me feel a little bit better about myself. Yeah.
1: Well, I think this is a great segue into your obsession. So I email people, I ask them for their obsessions. Yes. Uh, I know Ken uh, mostly through this Jedi Alliance podcast. So, we've talked about Star Wars incessantly. Yeah. Uh, I know you like wrestling. I've done wrestling on the podcast. So, I I emailed Ken and I said, we could do Star Wars. We could do pro wrestling, but maybe a little bit, maybe something different. What else are you interested in? And you said. (laughs) Self-loathing. Yes.
0: (laughs) And it's a real obsession. I want you to know, though, I went through some choices. I was like, all right, you know what? He's right. Star Wars. I'm, I'm kind of. I talk about Star Wars too much, and I, I do a Game of Thrones show, and I do a wrestling show. Indiana Jones. Can we talk about Indiana Jones? I'm like, no. You know what? We need to get deep. We need to get to the bottom <laughs> of it. And I'm obsessed with self-loathing.
1: Yeah, and in in your email, you said self-loathing. Yeah, but funny.
0: Yeah, I think. But it is kind of what drives my humor. Yeah, that's why I hold on to it sometimes. I think it's a detriment to me in many social areas (laughs) but professionally i think people grow to like me because i'm the underdog that they want to root for yeah but sometimes i feel as though i'm playing into that so i self-loathe about my desire to (laughs) self-loathe it gets really deep and i don't know where to take it sometimes
1: all right so let's talk a little bit about how your how your self-loathing manifests like how do you define self-loathing what is it to you
0: Self-loathing to me is a super form of true humbleness. Okay. So, I just listed off these things I do. They're all fun and they're great. And I I have some fans and some followers and and great colleagues to work with, yourself included. Thank you. But I don't think it's worth anything. (laughs) You know? So, when when people are like, what do you do? You know, it's like, all right, I, I do this. That's awesome. That's all right. Because I don't want them to feel bad. I, d- I was at my high school reunion, my 20-year high school reunion last uh, October. Oh, okay. September, excuse me. And I'm rambling. And I, like anyone, in, we, we hold microphones at any forum. You'd like to talk. <laughs> yes. It doesn't mean you're an egomaniac. You just – we have the gift of gifts. So I'm talking. I'm talking to this guy I hadn't seen in 20 years. Not even on
1: Facebook or Twitter or anything. He, right. he, oh, no like so, just a no normal human media. in the wild. Like
0: there's one left. Yeah. It's this guy. <laughs> and I'm rambling. He's, me and him are the only ones at our high school reunion in a suit. And so, we're kind of talking about it. And I'm like, I do this podcast and I go and I talk in a room about Star Wars. And he's like – and he was – that's so awesome. And after about 10 minutes, I go, what about you, Derek? What are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm a a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, oh, man. And I said – I looked at him. I go, nothing I do is important. And he's like, no, it's important. Yeah. No, it isn't, man. So, that's where it's kind of this – If I actually took myself seriously, I don't know if I could live with myself.
1: Yeah. But every doctor I've ever met, and maybe I've only met humble doctors, they're always interested in people who do creative weird things because maybe their their mandate is so much like, if not save lives, at least like boil you know tumors or whatever uh that's not right but uh but you know it's to do to a soft boil it's to do this very specific helpful thing so maybe so i think to them uh the what is to us like i am pouring my soul into a microphone again because it's tuesday is like well then kind of an expression and a sort of a, a filling out of the part of the world that they can't that lo- they don't do anything. Yeah, right. I,
0: I've seen it with police and firemen who, you know, their do- job carries its own weight of danger and, and importance. Who just completely mark out at the sight of some B-level celebrity they saw in an action movie. Yeah, you know, and it's just. <laughs> so I look at that, and go, no, no, no. But I get it. I get. I get the celebrity culture. I do it too. I, I you know, met the professional wrestler. I love uh, Chris Jericho recently, and I'm like, sir, can I have a picture? You yeah, know? absolutely. So I get it. I get it. I get it. But for me, that's where the self-loathing comes from, and then some real. Depression issues in my life, but so it manifests itself, or it comes out a lot in the arena of women and love, okay, and confidence and that.
1: And way. now, do you you make a distinction between like actual clinical depression and what you're talking about of self loathing? Yes,
0: yes, yeah, I, I, I yeah, the, the depression is something I've definitely been afflicted with, and as many, 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 many people are, and I do believe it's a a, a battle, and it's a bit of an addiction for me. Yeah. It's it's that, but it is separate. And what I find, we'll get into it, I'm sure, when we dive into this conversation, but my friends who are really, really close to me, and you're you're getting to know me now here this year, there might be a point when you turn to me and just go, shut the F up, man. You're a good dude. And sometimes I have to go, whoa, 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 whoa." I am joking a little bit. Yes. Depression is a different path. Self-loathing might come out of it. It might sometimes fuel it. But it's a different thing to right. me. And sometimes, sometimes that gets lost in the translation.
1: Right. Sometimes it's utterly just self-deprecation for yes. the joy of doing that. And sometimes it is just hinting at a little bit of the actual sort a of A good like
0: example was I was having a good day at my work. I was I was good. I, was by my, I went to lunch by myself and um very comfortable doing that. And I was at a sushi bar and I was in a suit. I was at work and I was having – Wonderful sushi rolls and yeah. chicken teriyaki, and I was having a great <laughs> lunch. But I
1: thought... It sounds like an 80s action movie is about to happen. Okay,
0: right. And, but the, and I thought to myself, I looked around, I go, to anyone behind me, because I was at the sushi bar, anyone at the tables, they're probably, look at this guy. So, I put out a tweet, that I'm like, there's something about sitting at a sushi bar that makes you look like you have nothing but a life full of regret <laughs> and loneliness and i tweeted that out and i facebooked that out and i had people writing me are you okay <laughs> are you fine
1: and they were yeah, like "Yeah, i'm at no, a sushi I'm, bar i'm
0: joking i'm ha- i'm having this crunch roll that's divine <laughs> and that's when i realized i kind of my own my own reputation precedes me sometimes
1: yeah. yeah well it can be it can be hard to distinguish um, so in you you've defined it self-loathing as being humble being aware of the your perceived cultural value Hyper aware, too. Uh, aware. Uh, how do you do? You actually beat yourself up? Do you say mean things to yourself at home alone? <laughs> yes. Oh God, yes. There's
0: there's like a select number of songs that I know that if I put them on, I'll be crying myself to sleep that <laughs> night.
1: Yeah, uh, like absolutely. Paradise City or
0: <laughs> it's Mandy by Barry Manilow. No. Um, <laughs> Now some dark songs, you know, okay. stuff. something by Ryan Adams or maybe I've changed by Josh Shoplin. Um you know, dark, dark stuff. So okay. And that, but that ties into the depression, but it is a little bit, the self-loathing comes out more in the entertainment and the self-loathing and I'm working through. This is a good therapy session. <laughs> self-loathing might be the public face of my depression.
1: Yeah. Hey, that's a really good way yeah. of describing it.
0: That's, yeah. I, I'm going to mark that down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I – well, I, I'm asking because, like, I have phrases that I realize I say to myself and they're, like, a coping mechanism. Like, right. I don't think I have clinical depression, uh, right. but I think, like, life is hard and I get bummed out. And I right. think that there is a dividing line between that. But when – I am bummed out and having a hard time. There are like certain phrases that I say to myself that I realize if other people heard me saying that out loud to myself alone in my home, in my pajamas while I'm working at 4 p.m., <laughs> they would be worried about me. Yeah. Uh, so I was curious if you had those kind of like uh, moments of phrases where you're just like kind of doing a stand up act, attacking yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anytime I see my fat neck. <laughs> Anytime I look in the mirror or on a camera and I go, look at those jowls, that neck meat is – that's why
1: I'm alone. Okay. But do you really – do you honestly believe that? Is there even a tip of the iceberg of belief of that?
0: That's that's the thing. On the surface, it's like, yeah, look at that neck. On the the second level – it doesn't matter. Confidence can overcome that. I'm a good person. I have a good personality. I can get along with just about anyone from any spectrum or many walks of life. I'm an okay guy. But you know what? I'm an idiot. <laughs> and that's kind of the levels. Okay. And look at those fat jowls.
1: You so you, know? uh, do you feel like you're sort of emotionally checking yourself then? I think so. And it just goes awry. Okay. And okay. I don't
0: even know when I'm doing it. My friend Dan Farron is a writer and a, a comic and a storyteller. Um Met him in pro wrestling, and, and uh, he's he's older than me, and he's kind of a little bit of an uncle figure to me. He'll write me sometimes to send me a text, like the podcast last night. A little hard on the self loathing, don't you think? <laughs> and I won't even. I'll be. I'll, I'll have to write back. What are you referring to? Yeah. And he'll give me the line. I'll go. Oh yeah. I don't even remember saying that.
1: Yeah. I certainly have that. I have some friends on Facebook where like I make a self deprecating joke. Mm-hmm. And they'll not reach out with, are you concerned? But just sort of like, I don't think that's true. And like, (laughs) I wasn't saying it like it was 100% true. It's like, it's humorous that an element of this is true. Like your your neck meat. (laughs) My neck meat. Thank you. My neck meat. I love my neck meat. Um, But I hate it. Do you ever find yourself in a podcast scenario Mm. or uh, talking with someone or alone at home, like really amused, like you came up with a great line attacking yourself?
0: All the time. <laughs> All the time, man. I'll come up with dating profile joke. I, I put, uh, I, I, uh, I'm recently 100% single and, and, uh, uh, I put on a joke on Twitter about, uh, just change my dating profile to read, waiting for you to get to the bottom rung. <laughs> and I thought, I'm like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Do I really feel that way? No, but yeah. I struggle to meet women. I struggle to date. It's not my arena, so it all manifests itself in that joke. Yeah, and then I have people see that, and I get the messages. And these are friends, not just fans or followers. Yeah. We're like, hey, stop that talk, and it's like, no, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just making a joke.
1: Well, and I think I think for people who have a sort of comedic outlook on life, that is a form of confidence. In a weird way, yes, because you're saying like I am comfortable enough to knock myself down a few pegs yeah. because I see the, sort of the absurdity of everyone, and I don't think I'm exempt from that.
0: I don't want to be the guy. Look, there's confident people I know in my life, and I, I love them to death, and I need those people around me, but I don't want to be the guy that you look at and you go, what? That guy's just so full of himself. I don't want to be. I'm yeah. paranoid about being that. You could almost do a show on my obsession on being paranoid of not being that guy.
1: Well, it sounds like that's what we are doing because it sounds like that's kind what of. some of the self-loathing is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I,
0: yeah, it, 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 but at the same time, because I do have this strong streak of depression uh, and it's dominated a lot of my life, it's also real. It's also, yeah. I do feel that way or something about what I might say. It comes from a real spot. I'm just processing it and using it in an entertainment, entertaining fashion think is an entertaining fashion and it's not always yeah during my stand-up career i used to do a bit early on about uh a suicide attempt i had and, and i thought it was pretty funny and, and i wasn't getting any laughter yeah and my mom who never saw the set i was just talking to her about it she said well i just think people don't want to don't want to hear you talk about suicide they want to go there to laugh I'm like yeah you're right steve martin put an arrow through his head like you yeah. know <laughs> you're right
1: you're right yeah so
0: it's a it's a fine line
1: yeah so you were saying uh, some of the depression and self-loathing is, you feel like most of it is focused on dating?
0: <sighs> A little bit. I think that's the easiest thing, right? I mean, going back to... Uh uh you know, like like Bono says every u two song is about love, desire, and the crisis of faith, like every comedian's <laughs> drive is to prove his worth to someone, you know yeah. I don't know uh you're a married man i I'm terrified of of getting married, partly because I don't want to lose the material of being single, you know what I mean <laughs> hey, um, yeah, but there's I mean, some truth to that it's, no, it's, I it's have, a small fraction of it but.
1: I have jokes about I'm sorry, I don't have jokes about dating and hating women because I'm happily married. I'd like I to apologize. I'd
0: like to buy them from, from <laughs> you. Uh, yeah, so... It, I. But that's, that's the problem with women has been present uh, literally since kindergarten. Yeah. I mean, I... The situations I got myself into there obsessing over the girl I can't get for whatever reason I think and ignoring the women around me who do like me, that started in kindergarten. Yeah. So that... Factors into me trying to explain to myself why I'm still single, or I why I've uh, been in uh, relationships with great women that I couldn't live up to the expectations of of uh, not live up to the expectations, but couldn't couldn't succeed in the relationship. It's always my fault. So so in order to process that, it comes out in yeah. Well, my neck meat. <laughs>
1: it all comes back to that. Are you one hundred percent sure? In your own mind, that it was your fault? Or do you feel like you're just accepting the responsibility? A little bit of
0: accepting the responsibility is probably another obsession, but uh, uh, I, I choose to believe that. Uh, th- well, in one case, four days later, she started dating the man she's now married to and has a baby with. So, I feel as though, yep, that proved that what I thought.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this was um, not the this, right match.
0: This current one, if she gives herself over to the process, will probably find herself in a much better situation, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I do blame myself. Is that is that a broad, sweeping statement? Of course. And it's one of self-loathing. But, yeah. uh it's some truth to it. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm very happily married and I'm very pro-marriage, but I do yeah. think, like, finding the right partner is a little bit about finding somebody whose flaws match your own, uh, in some way, not, or, or not, or compliment, not match. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, I, I had a relationship where I beat myself up for, like, oh man, I, I really made these mistakes. Right. And they are both legitimate mistakes. Yeah. And then when I met my wife, Sarah, I was just like, she just doesn't care about those those things that are like, eh, I could technically do better on that. She, those, they don't bother her.
0: I, I spoke at a wedding in February and, and I, I had to read a speech. I have it at home, what the speech was. But the line was, "We're not you're not looking for Mr. Right. You're actually looking for, you're not looking for the right person. You're looking for the right wrong person. <laughs> and it was a funny speech that I gave and I, and I killed it, by the way. <laughs> um, but it was very true. Yeah. 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 So there's some of that. And if I could accept that, but I don't know, because of my
1: neck meat, it just kind of gets in the way. (laughs) Um, Do you like self-loathing in groups? Like, do you like hanging out with a bunch of people who are all being self-deprecating?
0: No, (laughs) no. And not because it's the spotlight off of me, but because I I do know some friends over the course of the last 15 years in LA who I'm not around them as much as maybe they'd even like me to be as, as friends. Um, Because they remind me of me and I'm okay like,
1: that 's miserable, <laughs> who wants to be around that <laughs> you don 't want to look in the mirror too much, <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: exactly. I like being around people of different uh, uh you know, my friend group is so varied, but I just like being I do like being around happy people. I have some people who, you know I'm friends with comics come on, yeah, but as you know, from the world of comedy there 's some really. Secure people with other demons. Yeah. And that's why they're in comedy. Self loathing is not their demon. Yeah. Self-co- lack of self confidence is not their demon. It's something else. And so I'm just, yeah. Yeah. I prefer to be the only self loathing one in the room. <laughs>
1: Maybe. Cool. If you could like sit down and have a drink with any sort of uh, fictional character and talk mm-hmm. to them about your self loathing, what fictional character do you think you would get something out of by chatting with them?
0: Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's like, uh, who do you want, who do you want to have lunch with? But an important question, important <laughs> version of it. I'm trying to think my favorite movies. That's an, uh, you know, obviously where you'd, you'd go to, but I, I think. I don't know if it ties into self-loathing, but a little bit is there. I'd have to go to the character of Rob Fleming slash Rob Gordon from High Fidelity. Oh, okay. Cusack's character.
1: Okay. So, you think – because you think
0: he'd understand where you're coming from. He'd understand. That character wasn't so much self-loathing as maybe self-pity and lack of self-worth and confidence to change. But yeah. that ties into self-loathing too. Self-loathing keeps me in that spot that I'm comfortable in. Yeah. Um I I, I I bloomed late when it came to dating and and, and sexual activity, mom. Um, <laughs> so before then, I had a lot of self loathing and lack of confidence about that. Okay, and then a funny thing happened. And I was doing stand up at this time. Funny thing happened. I, I I started getting around with women and realized something. I I actually was good at sex. Cool. The results spoke for themselves, or, or, and I'm not talking about the, the sounds. I'm just, it just, yeah. you know what I it mean? It worked out. I'm, not, I'm a self-loathing guy who's admitting that. Yes. And it was horrible to admit to myself. <laughs> Because then I couldn't go on stage. And a friend of mine pointed out, he's like, this is great. Now you're going to change your act and you're going to actually come from a point of confidence. And I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. So I almost regressed and stopped. It was like I was afraid of my power. <laughs> like I couldn't address it. And I had to stay in that place of comfort, which was self-loathing and at and Women don't like me. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: weird. It's weird. So did you, did you ever try to change your act? I'm like.
0: I did. I did. And it didn't work.
1: <laughs> I could have given it more time. Right. Well, I mean, it, I mean that is a weird thing about comedy. And I, I think uh, particularly now, I know mm-hmm. you're a very uh, socially aware person. Yeah. You know, things are changing. It's yeah. great. Yeah. The sort of uh, kind of old school comedy of just like, oh, women hate me. No one wants to have sex with me. Right. It gets old and it gets tired. It does. But from the perspective of comedy, it makes sense because you're self-deprecating. You're knocking yourself down. You're putting yourself as a target it is challenging to tell an i'm great at sex joke
0: right no i knew i um i won't say the actress's name i'll tell you off air kid (laughs) um she's even on a big tv show now and she had a boyfriend who was we knew first he was doing stand-up he was a good-looking dude i mean model i think he legitimately was a model and he'd go up on stage and that was his joke about how Attractive he was I And mean, he told one story Of how He was on location Doing a small independent movie And they were shooting at a house And like The brother was like Hey man uh, My sister's a big fan uh, And she wants to have sex with you And that was He was telling a joke about it Yeah I never saw it work once I probably saw that 20 times and the crowd is just looking at him like you a
1: hole because it's not a joke. It's, not it's a just joke. it's bragging. Comedy is in a gross way bragging about something yeah. that's not you shouldn't even brag about, right? Yeah.
0: And it's like comedy. They say that comedy works best when you you punch up and not down. Mm-hmm. And in a way, he was punching down because he was like you you know you unattractive people look at me. <laughs> so my instinct is to continue. You know, I, I, it, it was hard to. uh Come from a point of confidence in comedy, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so, so your self-loathing used to express itself sort of productively mm-hmm. uh, in stand-up, in that kind of performance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you, you're very outgoing and gregarious and confident in all of the sort of podcast stuff you do now. Sure. And as I've got to know you, the self-loathing comes out in social media, in like the sort of the funny stuff. Yeah. So, my question is, do you think social media has kind of made self-loathing hip?
0: Yeah, I could see that argument.
1: Because a lot of popular Mm -hmm. comedians do tear themselves down. And there is that line between, uh, yes, I am depressed, but it is a joke. It is also a coping mechanism. It's very much a coping mechanism. To joke about how, like, shitty my Friday night is. And
0: it's so easy to do. I mean, you joke about working 4 p.m. in your pajamas, and you can get a tweet, and you can reach – 10,000 people or whatever it is your number is yeah. and you get some validation. So there is some, there is kind of, it is kind of hip in a way. And, yeah. and I'll do a tweet and it's weird. Sometimes those messages of, that I get, stop saying that. You're not that. I hate it. But every once in a while you get a tweet, someone's like, I actually think you have pretty eyes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I do.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, oh, did I do that tweet just to, just to, to get somebody get to say, some reaction? no, actually, your eyes are yeah, pretty. That
0: would make me an a-hole, I yeah. think, if I did that. I don't know. And I, I think it's also safe. In this world, it's kind of safe um, to make yourself the target as an entertainer. Yeah. And so, like, when I do the news on Schmoes, no, like, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm very much uh, making fun of, of the entertainment industry. And I, I'm i very comfortable doing that, but sometimes I'll take a shot or something and yeah. I feel a little bad. Like if I was doing a weekend update on SNL or something like that. Sometimes I'm not A name's – uh, I'm making fun of an actor or something, but I respect the guy's career and this guy's done more than I have. So, I feel yeah. like a little snot. So, a lot of times I'll tie in jokes about myself or jokes about my dating life to diffuse the situation because it just doesn't feel right. But then again, then that causes itself – it's an obsession and I start working them in. Where punchlines are now my dating life—that <laughs> may or may not even be true. I was making some of them when I was having a, a, a great sex on a Friday night, the night yeah. after the show. But I'm still making jokes Thursday night that I can't get laid, and people would write me, oh, "It's a shame that you, it's a, <laughs> yeah. you should be
1: getting." I'm like, well, I am, but I'm it's joking. a shame. Did, did you ever write it back and say it's okay? I am. No, <laughs> gotta keep up that persona. You gotta keep up. I'm the pit boss. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think that there's a really healthy part of these social media trend to do self-deprecating jokes mm-hmm. because i think it especially on twitter yeah. because i think facebook still suffers from a little bit of that everybody puts the best part of their life on it yeah and people and it makes other people feel bad because we compare our lives to one another yeah and on in twitter especially if you're in the comedy world it's very popular to be self-deprecating those are some of the most popular jokes yeah and to me there's a positive side of it is that it is a level of honesty and it reminds you that Everybody wrestles with life regardless of their follower number or their yeah. success level or all that.
0: Yeah. And, and it's what I found is sometimes I don't have my accounts linked. I never have. And so, sometimes the reason being is I'll put something on Twitter and I'll th- I think, that's not a Facebook joke. Yeah. It's not. And and sometimes it's just it's too dark. And I'm going to get a response from my great aunt on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Um, and other times I'm like, it just won't play for some of the stuff that you're saying. So yeah. they're definitely different mediums. Face- yeah. Facebook is still happy go lucky and yeah. um, cat pictures and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, you, you have great self-deprecating stuff about your uh, pursuit of toys, of collectibles. Right. And to me, that's just this great honesty of kind of what we're talking about of like, it is both just fine yeah. For middle-aged men to collect Star Wars toys and also ridiculous. And it can be both. It's yes. not necessarily just self-loathing. Yes. It's just sort of like, this is fine and it makes me happy, <laughs> but it's also fucking ridiculous. So yeah. please let me laugh at it.
0: Thank, no, thank you for saying that. I'm glad you're saying because I'm going to, I'm going to hide behind that, uh, or that shield of justice <laughs> you've just put up there because, I'm coming up on 40 fast. And look, I'm not going to stop buying toys. No. Because it's 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 so much. I grew up with it. You know what I mean? But there was that point in the 90s in high school, I put the stuff away. Then I brought it back out again. And then in 2002, I put it all away again because my friends were like, no, man, take down your space Legos if you want to get a girl. <laughs> um, and I'm to that point again where I have so many Funko Pops and Mighty Mugs and Lego sets in my room and I'm 40. I understand if a woman walks in. And I had two recently. I wasn't trying to date them. They were there for a show. Yeah. They didn't really know me. Um, I was interviewing a bunch of people in the Super Bowl and they came in and off air, one of them was like, this is uh, like a 14-year-old's room. And the other one was like, this is like my high school boyfriend's room. Yeah. And so, there's a fine line where like, this is just ridiculous. I'm not going to stop. So, I, I, I'll i make fun of it. And then you get the people writing me like, stop, be you. Well, being me is pretty crazy because <laughs> I'm fighting kids at a toy out at Target, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a black series Darth Maul.
1: You know, you get yeah. slave Leia Leia. I don't, I, you know, slave Leia Leia, slave girl Leia. Slave girl Leia. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like the Funko Pops are to me, those are like young people toys. They're the, yeah. if, if people listening don't know what they are, they are like the. Kind of anime-inspired Star Wars characters with giant, deformed, cute heads.
0: Yeah, and they do them across the board of pulp, uh, popular fiction. And um, yeah, you said, and I didn't buy them for the first few years because of that. I was like, oh, little kids' toys, and then yeah. like, oh no, this is great. And I don't, I, I, adults go, adults go crazy for them. I've never seen a kid buy one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> never seen a kid <laughs> buy one. Yeah, but to me, they they don't strike me as like a crusty old person going right. like, I'm just going to give my toys for my childhood and put them on the wall. It's like right. To me, it's like, I can absolutely imagine a 26-year-old having a yeah. collection of Funko Pops in the room. That's not yeah. like, to me, that's not, not...
0: Not out of the realm of me yeah, that makes
1: this other sort of like uh, interesting idea of even if you continue something that has this sort of cultural baggage of old dudes shouldn't be buying toys, like, right. well, what if they're actually toys for young people? What, that becomes <laughs> like... Yeah, they're hip with the young people. Is that more creepy or less creepy? Who knows? That's a good question. <laughs> I,
0: I look when I go into the hot topic to buy most of my Funkos. I'm in a suit and
1: tie, <laughs>
0: and I made this reference to you off air. But I feel like uh, I feel like the, the old guy in High Fidelity ordering the uh, this. I just called to say I love you, and Jack Black throws him out of the store. Yeah, I feel like that every time, and these young like 17 year old girls ringing me, ringing me up like. Is that all, sir? With that really heavy pronunciation, uh, emphasis on sir. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> okay. yep, yep, yep. And so I feel, yeah, I feel it's right to self-love. Yeah. In yeah. In that regard.
1: I had a great hot topic experience, uh, where I was looking for Andrews because I promised <laughs> to write a blog post about it, which I did. And I put this in the blog post, but that the He-Man ones, Oh, sold out and then we're not popular and we're not going to be reordered. Right. Uh, and I was trying to find Skeletor Andrews, and I, they weren't at the one I walked to. I called a hot topic and the woman on the phone literally said, Oh, sir, I'm so sorry. Skeletor's gone and he's not coming back. I'm so sorry, and it's just like this great. It wasn't pity; it was just like uh, relating as a fellow right. human being. Of like, I understand why you'd want Skeletor Andrews, and we Hot Topic are letting you down. We, we, we are, yeah, it's completely normal for you to want to wear those. <laughs> um, so I know you're a wrestling fan. Yeah. Uh, so I was imagining, so like, if the the if you could wrestle yourself, mm-hmm. if the sort of outgoing, gregarious podcast doing Ken mm-hmm. wrestled the. Self-loathing, self-deprecating Ken. Mm-hmm. Who would win in a wrestling match?
0: Is whiskey involved?
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, then drunk Ken would win. <laughs> and that's the Ken that you're seeing. Well, gregarious podcasting Ken is a amalgamation of the two parts. It's, yeah. it's drunk Ken speaking, uh, uh, or driving, but, but self-loathing Ken speaking, if that makes any sense. Um, I think in the end, I think as I get older, gregarious Ken's winning more. Okay. Which is a good sign, I think. Yeah. But I'm always going to have that
1: side. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, I I do a lot of research on Wikipedia. Good, Um, Factual. Yeah, it's absolutely factual. It it keeps things fair. Yeah. Because it all comes from Wikipedia. Uh, So, Wikipedia claims that some sociologists think self-loathing is a creation of television ads. That... We had not fully had this wow. concept. I mean, certainly, I'm sure depression existed. Yeah. But the idea that television ads, in order to sell us things, started the psychology of the before. Like, before you had this Star Wars toy, you weren't happy. Now you are. Before you had this diet drink, you were a great big fatso. Now you're not. All of that before you joined the dating site, you were a lonely weirdo. So that we constantly see images of what, of the before.
0: You know, I can get behind that. It self-loathing and self-deprecating humor definitely seems to be a modern thing. You know, it wasn't like one of the, the 12 disciples was walking around going, you know, I'm not that good at converting souls. Yeah. Sorry, man. I just, you know, I'm glad to be part of
1: the team. But, yeah, yeah
0: you know, the, you, yeah, you know, you don't think on the frontier you couldn't have time to be self-loathing. You had to hack your life out of the wilderness, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it kind of came out of, I mean, I think a lot of vaudeville comedians did just sort of like general set-up, yeah. knock-down joke jokes. But I think some of them started to do, I think probably as entertainment became like radio and television. Yeah. You know, like certainly almost all of Jerry Lewis's early material was just about Dean Martin's a god and I'm a weirdo.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And um, I, that's
1: a good study thing. That's but that's a good, still a before-after yeah. sort of comparison.
0: Yeah, it's still very modern to me. If, uh, that, that era, if you're talking from even 1930 on, that's the modern era of entertainment to me. I mean, by, by the 70s, comedy had become, by the time Richard Lewis came around, you know, yeah. the, the king of stuff, <laughs> so, you know, so... Yeah, that's. I never really thought yeah, about it that way. Nobody hates themselves better. Than yeah, no thoughts. one. I, I, uh, <laughs> hands down. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I obviously it's not a. It's not a really conscious thing where I'm walking around going, I need that. I, I didn't get the right deodorant today, and I yeah. feel bad about it. But yeah, there's. It seems that's probably a byproduct of our. Our lust for something. A lust for a life we can't get. Yeah. Something, something that there's deep. always
1: something else we could buy. There's Is there an something. ad that you've ever seen where you, like, consciously relate to the before example?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Farmersonly.com. Those people at the end of the commercial <laughs> are so happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, do you do you actually relate? Do, do you relate <laughs> to J.K. Simmons, their current spokesperson?
0: I do. I do. I do. Um yeah, yeah. There's any one particular spot? No. Maybe just as a child, I'll tell you. As a child, watching all those people play with those GI Joe toys in a really amazing fashion and the smiles on their faces, I bought into it.
1: Yeah. Like so you I'd, needed them to be. So happy. I'd go
0: in my yard, and I I just got into my storage the other day, and I found some pictures. I don't have a lot of the figures anymore, but I have pictures. This three by five film-produced pictures that I'd set up my G.I. Joe figures and take, like, action shots in in the backyard. So, you'd have mainframe and wet seal coming around a rock. (laughs) I had Baroness and Destro on a mission. And that was out of... Uh, Seeing the commercials and everyone looks so happy playing. Yeah. And these awesome setups and all I had was a pile
1: of dirt. (laughs) Eh, It Could be there. Could have started there in the 80s. Thanks, G.I. Joe Uh, ads. If there was an action figure of your self-loathing, of self-loathing Ken, like Ken with self-loathing action, what would that action figure look like? Uh, He'd have poofy sweatpants on. (laughs) He'd have a
0: ill-fitting ratty t-shirt. Um, I have a choice of. You'd have some options. Have those little plastic boots. You'd either, 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 be slippers that probably needed to be washed or getting rid, of, got rid of, or some of those uh, dad sandals. I have a pair of dad sandals, <laughs> the ones that go around your whole foot, but they're comfortable and they're. Breathability is right. amazing. Dad's no comfort. Yeah. And then my hair, I could never get my hair right all my whole life. I've never had a good, ha- I've had good hair. I have very long, thick hair at one point. Now, as a, as a balding man, um, I, I do the Tywin Lannister comb back. but, um, <laughs> I've never, so the at home, it's just, it's everywhere. It's poofy on one side. It's non-existent. On, you could land a helicopter on the top of it. <laughs> that would be the figure. That would be self-loathing, Ken. Okay. Yeah. And he'd be complete with, Uh, probably
1: um, a bowl of cereal. (laughs) (laughs) A bowl of cereal, for some reason, is the saddest at-home food, isn't it? But it's
0: the most satisfying
1: meal yeah so okay so this is painting a great picture because clearly uh, the sort of cultural image of oh depressed i haven't done my hair and i'm putting on clothes i cannot make warm food i'll eat sugary children's food out of a bowl yeah the depression uh self-loathing picture is clear but at the same time much of it is based in comfort comfort i should note
0: that figure in that form can only be played with on Saturday nights.
1: (laughs) Not Saturday morning. No.
0: (laughs) When it's a little more in context. (laughs) It has to be a conscious decision on that action figure's point to be like that on a Saturday night while everyone's out and about.
1: I could put on the pit boss suit and and kill the town. Right. But no.
0: And I have those weekends, those nights where I'm like, you know, I I, like, oh, we're going, it's so-and-so's birthday. I'm on it. Drunk can's coming out. And I, I say drunk can. It's always not about the alcohol, but that's just kind of the character, of my the, friends. The
1: social lubrication, social a little lubricant bit of
0: it. going flowing through your veins, and uh, and I have some people who can't believe that that's who knew me 10, 12 years ago, who maybe see me now or see pictures of me now, and they're like, "That's not the same guy," because I was I was unable to do that ten years ago. Not just oh.
1: not just the drinking, but the social. Okay, because so they just sh- shyness. Tremendous shyness,
0: okay. confidence issues um, where, you know, um, I'd be at a Super Bowl party and my friend and my friend would be like, this is my friend Ken. I wanted you guys to meet. He's so funny and hilarious. And I'd sit there silent for four hours. And they thought, well, that guy's an a-hole. He's got nothing to say. And she'd be like, why didn't you say anything? I'm like, I just don't feel I have anything to add to the conversation. And that's some deep self-loathing. Yeah. That's some serious – that's not a tweet. Yeah. You know, that is a, something I, have, I had to work through. Now, I feel I might have something to
1: add to the right situation and the right part.
0: I have to be really
1: comfortable around right. you. So, you, if you feel comfortable, you have the confidence to speak out. And then if it maybe gets feeling like uh, you're maybe being too social, maybe you'll just do a little dig at yourself. Yes. For your oh, own social pleasure, for other people's social pleasure, to laugh?
0: I don't know what it is. It might be, the self-loathing at this point might be that self-sabotage. I will be at a party, I'll have a, uh, a drink in me, and I hate to always uh, incorporate the alcohol into it, uh, but... It is what it is. It gets you loose, and and so that, and then the party, and you're having fun, and I'm joking, and yeah. And there's a and difference
1: between having a drink at a party and, and being and carried a, you know, out. And yeah, action yeah. figure Ken didn't come with eight <laughs> empty bottles. I have a friend that every
0: every time you go out, it ends with you throwing him into an Uber or Lyft <laughs> by himself oh, and, and yeah. telling them take him to this address. Um, I'm nobody
1: wants that. an Uber friend. Yeah, yeah nobody <laughs> wants that.
0: Um, but uh, it's like one. I'll I'll say it in terms of drinks, but it's like one drink. It's great. Two drinks. People are like, how are you single? How are you not the president of the United States? Look at your eyes. Look at you. Look at you. And I'm like, yep. And I'm good at sex, too. (laughs) And then the third drink, it clicks in and I'm like, I'm horrible. It's not depression. It's just I shut down. Right. And I go through this period of, uh, well, I should probably shut up. I bet everyone hates me now and I shouldn't be talking like that. And then the self-loathing sets in again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like – it's
1: self-sabotage. Like actual self-loathing. Not just sort of witty repartee self-loathing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's where it's based out of. And that's why I say I'm obsessed with the self-loathing because it's always around me. So, it's like when I'm trying to be – I'm in a good mood, I self-loathe. When I'm in a bad mood, I really self-loathe. So, it's always present and always there. So, I'm obsessed with it and obsessed with the fact that it's there. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Don't invite me to parties.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally going to. And I'll cut you off at two drinks just to make sure, <laughs> just to make sure. that you're happy. Um, so, I kind of asked you this before, but I'm curious about getting into it a little bit more. I, I, yeah. I have a picture of all of the sort of different kinds of ways that you self-loathe that mm-hmm. it goes from as sort of great and pure as a method of being humble mm-hmm. to dealing with actual issues of depression yeah. But for yourself alone, how does it manifest? What what are you mad at yourself about?
0: I'm mad at myself for not being who I'm supposed to be. Um I'll I'll talk about it in terms of Lord of the Rings. I could probably put some religious connotations to it. Um the quote that's often incorrectly attributed uh, attributed to Mandela about You know, you're a child of God. Who are you not to be great? Like, go help the world. There's a little bit of that into my thinking. So, I'll put it in terms of of Lord of the Rings. Put aside the ranger and be who you're born to be, Aragorn. Quit being Strider. Okay. Be the king that you're supposed to be. I'm not saying I'm supposed to be the king. But I get mad at myself when it's like, I feel it's that self-sabotage side. Okay, Because, again, I go to that. Well, I don't want to be so confident that I hate myself and I'm clueless and delusional. Let's be honest. That would never happen unless <laughs> I suddenly became so rich and I slept on cocaine and Brazilian hookers. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'll never get to that point. Hopefully. Um, hopefully <laughs> I have the option uh, of not getting to it. Um, but I get mad at myself when it's like when I'm home alone thinking about it. Like, why? why did you do that to yourself? Why couldn't you just enjoy that party? Why couldn't you talk to that girl a little bit more? It was going good until you said, I'm not good enough for her. I better walk away from the conversation. Okay. Yeah. So Let yourself be who you really could be. Drunk can is kind of Canada's best. You know, like... Uh, take away the alcohol again, again. Right. I, I hate so, that So
1: I've been saying gregarious podcast can. I
0: like that. That my mother probably would like that one
1: <laughs> a lot more than drunk can.
0: Gregarious <laughs> podcast can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But but there is a distinction because one is broadcasting to people, one is presenting minute, to an yeah. audience, and another is interacting one on one or socially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and certainly alcohol helps a little bit of little reasonable bit. alcohol helps a lot of people. With don't that. endorse it, kids. Yeah. But that, okay, so that, that paints a good picture for me of that sort of, like, yeah. you, you, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that of, like, I believe that I am capable of great things, so yeah. I should strive for them. Yeah. If I get a little bit too close to them, maybe I'm feeling a little egotistical. Yeah. Maybe I'll cut myself down a little bit. Right. I'm okay. <laughs> I probably don't
0: deserve this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, in, in maybe a slightly lighter uh, question... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that uh, we are alone in uh, self-loathing. And I think a lot of uh, characters that we like are probably Mm -hmm. self-loathing. And I wanted to ask about one in particular. Yeah. When, When Darth Vader is alone, what kind of mean things do you think he says to himself? I think he says, you know... I shouldn't have killed the Sand People, the women and children. (laughs) I shouldn't
0: have killed the younglings. I shouldn't have turned so quick to the dark side of the Force because my girlfriend was being mean to me. Like I think, I think Vader. I think Vader has a lot of self-loathing. Yeah, and if you read some of the new canon novels, he's working through some self-loathing. Really, I think there's some darkness there that's not just. He makes it into rage and anger and hate suffering. He makes it. (laughs) But I think it's really he feels, well, I made a bad decision and I'm not worthy of changing.
1: Yeah. I think there's some truth. So like in Empire, when he's in his little meditation pod, he is probably just thinking... He, Good he, God! Did I fuck this up? Annie, what did you do? <laughs> look at that face. Yes. You know, I look and mere see neck meat. He looks just sees a burnt crisp of a face yeah. with a robot body, like the ghost yeah. of Qui Gon yelled no, and I didn't <laughs> listen. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh You kind of answered this as well, uh, and this is a little bit of a lighter question. Would you ever, if you had the money, if you were very successful, you're very uh but you wanted to keep yourself humble. Would you ever hire someone to just hang around and every once in a while say something a little critical?
0: <laughs> I have that already. It's one of my best <laughs> friends, Megan. Okay. Yeah. She, she'll keep me safe and secure. Okay. in the humbleness. And, and, and it's a nice. Not to self doubt. Not so keep me in a financial world. relationship. Just an <laughs> no, actual
1: just a friendship. healthy human relationship. <laughs> just a
0: friendship. Yeah.
1: Good. Yeah. Good. Um, I know you talk about, uh, drinking scotch. Yep. Yeah. For you, what kind of scotch is best paired with some fun social media self-loathing? Well,
0: I like a good Irish whiskey to be to, to branch it off more specifically into that. So, so what kind of Irish whiskey would yeah. I like
1: with self-loathing? Yeah. Okay. So, you're not scotch. You like Irish Yeah,
0: whiskey. yeah. I should say. But I, I have a good scotch at home. It is a Ron Burgundy Anchorman <laughs> scotch. Swear to God. That seems like it would go pretty well with yeah, self-loathing. It does. That one goes pretty well. Scotch, scotch, scotch. Um, I... Jameson's and Bushmills is where it started. And I think I'd I'd keep it there for the self-loathing. On the nights that I'm like life is good. I, I bring down the good stuff, some red breast whiskey or some teeling whiskey. Okay,
1: so shit whiskey is best with self-loathing. Right. Because yeah. then you can even say, why am I drinking this because crap when I have I, the good stuff up I, there? All I,
0: all I do, I, this is all I deserve. <laughs> and Jameson's is good, and Bushmills is good. It's not, I I once got sick off of two drinks of something called Canadian whiskey. That was the name of it. <laughs> I was like, nine bucks, that's pretty good. I died the next day. Um, so Jameson's Bushmills is okay, but it's not the best. No, so fine. why allow yourself the best? Stop here in the middle
1: <laughs> and enjoy this. Uh, Jameson's should really take that up as their logo. Why well, go for the best? For the stop best. here in the middle with Jameson. We're not that bad. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so we've kind of, uh, we've discussed the cycle a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in a, in a kind of a couple of different versions of the cycle. Yeah. Um, what... When you're feeling too self-loathy, mm. what how do you break out of it? When you when you feel like I'm now kind of beating myself up to the point where I'm not striving to be yeah. Aragorn. Yeah. How do you stop the cycle?
0: I wish I knew. No, um um I did and I went through some deep therapy and all that stuff. That was more for the depression. But for self-loathing I've I've deleted some tweets and I couldn't pull them out of my head and remember and tell you exactly what they are. But I've I've typed something up and gone, It's too far, man. That's too far. You don't even feel that way. Yeah. You're just going for sympathy or you're trying to beat yourself up. So little moments pop up. The depression gets pulled out of by me stopping. And I go, again, I have kind of a religious frame of reference uh, where I'll just go, like, stop, man. Like, you, this is not what you're supposed to do with your life. Yeah. So, I can pull myself up out of that a little easier than the self-loathing. Because the self-loathing, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Yes. So, there's those little moments where I'm like, oh, that's too far. Yeah. I've even put some tweets out where I'm like, oh, that's too far. It's right on one too many tweets about your
1: dating profile. Right. So, if you... If you have a moment where you put one of those tweets out where you're like, as you're hitting send, you like the send button should actually say, whoops. Whoops. <laughs> and you know, you shouldn't quite hit send, which we've all had. There should be a like when you go on
0: iTunes and you go
1: buy an album and it says, do you really want to buy this album? I think someday Twitter will be able to like scan for keywords yeah. and like relate back to your profile. Yeah. Like you said Tinder again. <laughs> do you really <laughs> want to send this tweet? You said Tinder again and you said <laughs> Confederate flag and not racist <laughs> came up at some point. Do you really want to send <laughs> <you> this Don't. <laughs> Send this tweet so when you send one of those tweets that you know is a little bit too far will you delete it if it gets positive feedback
0: no 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 absolutely not <laughs>
1: a man after no, my own heart.
0: as the emperor would say no no unlimited power <laughs> unlimited tweets <laughs> no once you get even one favorite yeah now but here's an interesting thing this is all ego I have deleted some tweets, and this is, Twitter needs to fix this problem, but I have deleted some tweets that I've noticed really bad grammatical errors. Yeah. That have 10
1: favorites on them. Yeah. Nope, gotta pull that back. Can't let the world know. I think Twitter should at least allow like maybe a two minute window to edit, because people always, you always notice Absolutely. after. I know.
0: mean, how many times have you been like, Mark Marin retweeted me, and I said your instead of
1: your with an apostrophe. <laughs> like, yes.
0: how many times? Yeah. Many
1: times. many times. Yeah. Many um, times. Do you enjoy other people's self-loathing? Yeah. See, I mean, you're obsessed with it. So when you see yeah. it done well on Twitter by somebody else, of like, that person, they're doing it in a sort of jokey, pro-social way, there's probably some truth to it. They're not in any, like, risk. They don't need help, but they're just expressing that they are bummed out and they're doing it in this positive, pro-social way. You know know who comes to mind is Andy Richter on Conan. Um,
0: You know, he's still dumpy Andy Richter, but, you know, he's got a great career. Yeah. Got a wife and kids. You know what I mean? Like, and I think he knows that. Yeah. He obviously knows that. And, uh, he still has those, some tweets go out or some moments on Conan where he's still like, I know I'm dumpy Andy, the sidekick. And yeah. I love it. I look at it and go, I get it. I get that guy's role. Yeah. And he plays to it he probably feels it on some level oh, yeah he's fine with i he think
1: is. he i think he's a great example of somebody who appreciates that sort of like yes it's self-loathing but there's like uh there's the beauty and the honesty of it uh yeah. back uh when i used to write for the podcast and, and radio show wits early mm-hmm. on i wrote a sketch uh specifically for andy richter and uh he had always wanted to interrogate someone so i wrote a bit where he interrogated the host and it was a sketch And then I had a different show, so I didn't actually get to see him do it. But I got, I got to the theater after the show was over and met him and said, hello, I wrote that sketch. He's like, oh, great. And he's like, uh, he's like, uh, it was funny, but I changed a few lines. And, (laughs) and I said to him, well, thank you for fixing my fuck ups. (laughs) And he laughed. And it didn't to me that felt like that sort of like honest sort of like, Yes, we both know what happened here. Like, I, hey, your sketch was great, but yeah. it, it, it was written for me and I'm going to do whatever I want. Whatever. And you're going to acknowledge that maybe yeah. one of those jokes didn't work. And yeah. I think that's funny and honest. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, don't beat yourself up, kid. Like, right. I think other people would have been like, oh, no. And like, oh, no, no, I was no. like, it's thank great. you for fixing my fuck ups. He's like, yeah, you did fuck up. Ha, 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 ha. And it was that's all a fun
0: joke <laughs> and nice. Uh, yeah, that's good. No, another, You know what? Another great one. Um, there's two other ones. Jeff Garland who I've I've had the pleasure of meeting a few times um in a different non-comedy setting he he uh, where I worked uh, he had an office and I had to take him to his office the first time and give him the keys and like here's your office and he was Cracking jokes about himself the whole way up there. Yeah. And he was another one. And this is, you know, at the time was on Kirby Enthusiasm and it's Jeff Garland, man. You know, (laughs) and it's like uh, he was talking about how he couldn't have another muffin and and all this. And and we talked about, I said, I'm a writer. We talked, somehow procrastination came up as a writer and he goes, oh, man, I hate writing. One time I cleaned my wallet. I mean, washed it. I washed my <laughs> wallet to avoid writing. And I'm doing a bad Jeff Garland, but that's Garland yeah. talking about it. And then I think the greatest of all time, in a weird way, in, in listening to talk about Richter and everything, it's uh, Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Especially if you follow his tweets. That Steve Martin character that he puts out, and he does it a lot on SNL and the monologues, if you yeah. watch some of the monologues he's done over the years on SNL. To me, that is that is Steve putting up this I'm the great Steve Martin who's kind of an idiot and it's his way of acknowledging what he might feel about himself in a weird way. Oh, I I love it. And that's one of my favorite things. Steve Martin's my all-time favorite in terms of comedy icons. Um, But it is in him doing the, that famous sketch of the Christmas of my one wish for the world during Christmas <laughs> yes. is world peace. And he works at a lot of money, world peace. It's kind of his self-loathing in a way of he is who he is, but he still doesn't feel comfortable being that. Yeah. You know, there's, so those those yeah. guys, so look at those ones. And, yeah. it's
1: so, and it's so crisp. I love that he plays yeah. such an erudite character as yeah. like the Steve Martin shtick is that he is proper and <laughs> knows the correct words. <laughs> And then it's, <laughs> you know, within that, an idiot or a prick or whatever. Yeah,
0: pompous Just, ignoramus yeah, is his it's character. Yeah, so great.
1: You know, you know. Oh, self-loathing is it's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome.
0: It's fun. Uh, it can be profitable for
1: everybody. Yes, and it's awesome how many times I've said self-loathing Self- and haven't quite said it correctly. Self-loathing. self-loathing. Uh, so, I ask everybody these how obsessed are you questions. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times when people come on the podcast, they like, want to talk about it like a favorite TV show or sure. Collecting things or whatever. Uh, it gets weird. These questions get weird when they're about <laughs> a deep emotional issue. But fuck it. I'm sticking with them. Let's do it, man. Uh, it's been so great. do you think about self-loathing every day?
0: Yes. <laughs> it's
1: constant. <laughs> uh, would you watch a movie called Self-Loathing made by Adam Sandler? I think just going to that would be a form of
0: self-loathing. <laughs> and I'd do it. And I like Sandler for some of that stuff. Some of that stuff is horrible, but I'd yeah. go see it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, would you read slash fiction about sloppy Saturday night Ken hanging out with gregarious podcast Ken? Yeah, that'd be interesting.
0: I mean, it kind of happens at the same party (laughs) at some point gregarious Ken looks around and gives way and the other Ken's like, how do we get here? And how do we get home?
1: And then they have a sexy adventure together.
0: And he's not confident enough to take an Uber home alone. (laughs) Do you Uber with strangers? Never. Yeah. Never. Nor nor form uh, roommate partnerships with strangers. No. Never Craiglisted or Westside Rental a roommate. Smart.
1: Yeah. Smart. I Craiglisted Craig listed once and I almost died. Um, <laughs> would you discuss self-loathing with Hitler?
0: <sighs> it w- it probably like the fifth thing on my list. There'd be some <laughs> other things I'd try to convince him of not doing. Um, but a fascinating Cult of personality—that guy is. Yeah, I mean, was. he, I mean, he could learn to is. be more humble. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you're if you're saying, could I infuse some into him? Yeah, yeah. For the good of humanity, I'd have to try, wouldn't I?
1: Yeah. If you just said <laughs> like you got five minutes with Hitler, it's around 1936, so things yeah. are not going well, but it's, yeah, there might hey, still man. be time. Just look in the mirror at your neck meat a little bit. It <laughs> <laughs> hey, takes some Jameson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look at your neck meat, Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh would you wear self-loathing underwear?
0: Well, like th- yeah, I- if you're talking about self-loathing underwear, is the one that I've had for 14 years <laughs> from Target, and I haven't changed. That's pretty self-loathing.
1: I was going to clarify this question, and then I decided uh, not. No,
0: to. No, no. That if I, I still have those pairs of underwear that make it clear to myself that I'm not going to meet a woman. Really? <laughs> yeah.
1: Like those underwear of like these are they're, not to be shown to a, a sex partner or
0: anything. Yeah, it's not like I wash them every week. But yeah. it's
1: probably the problem I've yeah. washed them every week. They're for not the last gross. They're just 15 years. Very tired underwear.
0: Yeah, and I could easily. I, I've I've added to the collection. I don't necessarily replace. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> and that just means. And there's times you get out of the shower and you're reaching for that one pair. You're like, no, I'm going to be alone home home tonight. Go yeah. for that
1: pair. <laughs> I'll go some, for the there's the some connection. Tired old friends. <laughs> exactly the ones who have seen things. <laughs> yeah. The vets. Uh, would you swear at a nun over a disagreement about self-loathing?
0: No. I don't swear much, but when I do, it's to a very select audience.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, like, you have your people that you swear at.
0: Yes. Or swear with. Swear with. Um, And at, from some of my day job activities. But I I went to – my schooling started at a Montessori school. Okay. Just run by a nun. Terrified. I wouldn't cross that lady. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never. Oof, no,
1: no. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, would you cosplay as Self Loathing at San Diego Comic Con?
0: Yeah, you know what it would be, but everyone would think I'd be cosplaying as Arthur Dent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you mean if you just wore your Saturday night yeah, costume? My costume, because I have the
0: bathrobe, and I went one of the first times I ever dressed up to a Britney Wallach party. Uh, Might have been one of Matt Key's birthdays. I, I went as Arthur Dent. I had a towel and a bathrobe. Nice. And I put Don't Panic on my iPad. And, um, had slippers and I wore this, got in the car with the slippers and drove all the way to the yeah. party.
1: Was it comfortable or was it awkward? It was great. Yeah. Let me tell you
0: something. I don't know if I traveled the galaxy in it <laughs> via hitchhiking, but, um, no, it was great. It was fun. So I think to me, that'd be Arthur Dent. Uh, it was probably one of my early self-loathing influences. Oh, yeah.
1: He's a great self-loather. Yeah. He's a hero in the self-loathing community. I
0: just kind of put that together. You're yeah. babe, you're solving some stuff for me tonight. <laughs> yeah. here on the show.
1: That's my goal. 6th,
0: 7th grade, I was reading Hitchhiker's Guide.
1: And it's the same thing with Douglas Adams, too. Yeah. I think it, uh, like, I really like what you started out with uh, at the very top of the podcast of, like, it's not just, it's not about just beating yourself up. It's about that sort of, like, keeping yourself uh, realistic, honest yeah. about sort of the absurdity of the, of the human condition. Yeah. Either on a sort of a personal micro level of like, oh, I'm getting a little pompous, I'll knock myself down a little bit. Or like with Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide, on the sort of macro level of like, yeah. this is, rid- we're ridiculous. Yeah. Society's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So you need to it's, it's just poke at it a little bit so it doesn't get too self-important.
0: Yeah. And Arthur, what better way than Arthur Dent? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that makes sense now.
1: Uh, so, this question is super weird. Yeah. Here we go. As opposed to the Hitler one. <laughs> exactly. That one's, that one's kind of normal. That that one's like your it's, tired old underwear. I've been doing it forever. It's basic psychology. <laughs> uh, if the only way you could discuss self-loathing or be self-loathing to yourself, uh, we'll do it that way, mm-hmm. is if someone first punched you in the groin, would you still be self-loathing to yourself? So, would I suffer... The pain of pains for the right to
0: talk bad about myself. (laughs) Look, man, I have been through a table. I've been hit in the head with a trash can. I received a concussion uh, by getting hit in the head with a chair. Wow. Stumble over the words just thinking about it. I've been caned five times. I've been whipped with a leather belt.
1: Oh, and I, I feel like we've transitioned These are all from wrestling. pro, re- okay. I thought we went from pro wrestling back to Montessori school and I was worried. Close. <laughs> Maybe a few dates.
0: <laughs> I've been through all that pain. I've had my head cut open, bled in the, in the ring after being hit in the head with the trash can. But I ain't never been hitting the balls, man, other than a few times on the playground. Right. I've been kicked into soccer. The soccer ball hit me there. <laughs> that might be the one thing to kind of Pavlovian dog rat. Hitting the buzzer, get me yeah. to think
1: of something else. Like yeah, you're gonna send that tweet, and then just yeah. the Grim Reaper appears and it's gonna like punch you yeah. in the nuts.
0: Yeah, I you know you you I watch like Tosh O or something on TV, and they'll show a video of a guy <laughs> falling and hitting his crotch on a pole, and I'm down for an hour. I can't. That's an area I don't like pain. <laughs> so you might have solved that problem. Excellent. Right
1: I'm really really happy.
0: I might do it once just for the joke. <laughs> Yeah. Then
1: after that, no. Okay. So I uh, I asked people to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Uh, is there a noise you can make to sum up your self-loathing? Uh, <laughs> just kind of that. I like that it starts yeah. really firm. Uh, yeah. And I wish that the this was a visual podcast because <laughs> Ken's got this great like rearing his head back. Like he's maybe got something really important to say. Yeah. It's, it's just, like
0: you're almost like. I should try. Uh, yes.
1: no. Yeah, it's sort of like four score and uh, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and it
0: ends with your shoulders slumped.
1: And a little head shake. That's great. Yeah. Uh so these are final wrap up questions. Yeah. Uh if the US government made a stamp of you, what would you be doing on the stamp?
0: Um, I, in my good frame of mind, I'd be talking into a microphone. Uh, bad frame of mind, laying on my bed, playing
1: Simpsons tapped up. <laughs> <laughs> I want that stamp. That's <laughs> a very a specific stamp. Uh, if you had to go into witness protection because you saw a crime, mm-hmm. but you got to pick your own new name, what name would you want? Brick Rimshot. <laughs> Is that a wrestling name you've
0: had? No, it's a it's an old screenplay I wrote. And it was a it was my identity if I if I felt good about myself. I didn't consciously write it like yeah. that. But in the end it was was that? And who was Brick Rimshot in the screenplay? He was an idiot, number one. The <laughs> uh, script got me nowhere. Um, I got bounced out of the first ever Project Greenlight project, uh, oh, competition with wow. that script. It was a comedy script. Very hitchhikers inspired. Uh, Brick was a private investigator because every quirky character is. <laughs> yes. Like, what are you going to give? Oh, he's a private investigator. Dirt, little Dirk Gently is influenced by that too. Adam's other property um but he he was in a relationship he had love okay and he was good at his job but he was bumbling and he was not taken seriously by those around him but he he still pressed on yeah and that's maybe early on especially at that time was my problem is i was fighting for credibility whether it being comedy or writing or even my other job and and um Couldn't quite get over that hump because of myself. Okay. That character was me if I had a little bit of confidence.
1: And he had the name Brick Rimshot. Yeah,
0: and one of the notes I got
1: was uh, on the
0: screenplay competition was, Man, what a letdown. I saw this and thought it was going to be a great basketball comedy. Instead, it's a stupid comedy about some private eye.
1: Oh, can I just say, on record, (laughs) fuck that human being. (laughs) Rick Rimshot is a great... Rimshot, come on! Comedy owns Rimshot way more than fucking basketball does. Right? Yeah. Right. People were saying Rimshot in vaudeville days... Good point. Before basketball
0: was not a rim shot. It was a basket fruit basket shot. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good point.
1: But it, yeah. it, it cut deep. I didn't I didn't write for about four years. But I love that even your confident alter ego that you accidentally created still has a goofy ass name <laughs> Yeah, like Brick Rim Shot. like, that's almost cool, but not quite. <laughs> but not quite. Not at all. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness? Wow. Yeah. It's wow. an easy one.
0: Wow. I just had this discussion with my friend Chris back up in my hometown. Um, and we kind of determined I mean, we a lot of whiskey at a bar <laughs> and then back at his uh, late grandfather's house, which is still maintained as a family kind of secret hovel. And we went back and wee hours of the morning. This is my, one of my oldest friends. Okay. And um, I think at the end of the day, he was trying to f- work on me was really depressed at the time. And we determined that happiness was being able to pay my rent off the things that I love and not a job that I didn't like. That's after a lot of negotiations. Yeah. We got back down to that point. And I I said, you know what? I'd feel better myself if I was able to do that. Oh, that's awesome. I have a good job. I have good money. I have benefits. It's just not the job I came to L.A. to do and all that kind of stuff. Yes. So if that went away and I was uh, had something to take care take care of my bills, at least my rent,
1: yeah, I'd be happy. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. That's our podcast.
0: You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed.